0: It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Here are your hosts, Brent Hollerud and Andrew Smith. And welcome to another trip under the hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Indy Fuel, Andrew Smith. Alongside me is our usual sidekick, Brent Hollerud. And also joining us for this edition of Under the Hood is our special guest, the uh, broadcaster and the broadcast voice of the Kalamazoo Wings, Isaac Berkey, and uh, want to welcome Isaac uh, to Under the Hood this afternoon and this episode.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to uh, to jump in the studio here with you.
2: I heard there's a there's kind of a big game coming up this Friday that uh, has some significant bearings for um, both the teams that we are employed for. So I figured no better time than uh, to get you in than right
0: now.
1: Yeah, a few a uh, few points on the line. A little bit of a a tight race in the Central Division right now should certainly be a fun one.
0: We kind of expected this going into the season, however, because the the Fuel, the Nailers, the K-Wings, and the Comets, really all four of those teams have been pretty strong, evenly matched teams all year. This is clearly the deepest division in the ECHL. But, uh, but now we're down to the final two weeks of the regular season, and everybody's right there. Uh, really bunched up and it's taken some different twists to get there and we can talk a little bit about the k-wings season here the fuel have been pretty steady uh very good at home and they'll be on home ice for uh, three this weekend and as well as uh, for their last six games remaining uh the k-wings had a slow start to the season they got really hot and have uh, been playing some pretty good hockey of late as well so we've got a lot of uh good hockey that's been played to put the teams in this position but uh, we expected a wild finish like we had last year and certainly appears to be the case right now but talk a little bit about uh, this K-Wings team and how they've been playing here and put themselves in a position right now to be sitting in that last playoff spot in the central division.
1: Well I think with this team a lot of a lot of it uh, you mentioned kind of the slow start peaking up there were a lot of injuries, um, and this team was faced with a lot of adversity early on, but more so than I think any team I've been a part of is truly, it, it sounds cliche, and we kind of joke about how cliche it is, but that next-man-up mentality has truly kind of become a thing for this team, because you look at a guy, for instance, like a Chad McDonald or a Zach Diamond-Tony, both guys started the year third-line players, and they've seen significant first-line minutes this season, on a roll, so whether it's guys getting called up, guys getting hurt, this team has really kind of continued to fight through that and peak. And even with you know two of your top, two of the top forwards in Utica right now, and a guy like Reed Gardner, as well as a Kyle Thomas, this K Wing team has continued to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. They're a very close knit group on and off the ice, and that certainly helps.
0: And you look at six guys on IR right now plus uh, three more in the American Hockey League, including the two you've mentioned, that's something that a lot of teams would really struggle to deal with. And uh, how has that next man up mentality, but also the veteran leadership of this team, you've got uh, not just a lot of veterans, but veterans that have played five, six hundred games of minor league hockey or professional hockey. Uh, how much has that helped really create that next man up mentality and give guys confidence that they can step in and perform.
1: Well, I think hats off to coach Nick Bootland and Joel Martin right off the bat. You can't really, can't really talk about anything without uh, talking about what those two have done. But really when you're around the K wings organization, a word that keeps coming up and especially this year being the 45th anniversary season is culture. So coach Bootland talks about how, you know, his, his kind of tagline for lack of a better phrase is our way every day and it helps when you have guys like a Ben Wilson, a Justin Taylor, a Kyle Bushy and Eric Catalyst, guys who are veterans in this league but have kind of seen the way things have been done and they take what was passed to them and continue to move it on. So you've got guys that are true pros off the ice and then you you know you add into the fold when a guy like Justin Taylor goes down, you add into the fold a guy that you guys you guys know, know decently well and a Michael Neal who has experience in Kalamazoo, but even talking to him, one of the keys coming back was that culture. That was something he wanted to be a part of um, and something he knew from his time in Kalamazoo, which kind of helped him make the decision to come back. But that veteran leadership is everything, and it starts at the top with a guy like Nick Bootland, who's been around for so long. And you've got Joel Martin who played, I think, probably 45 years in goal um, in the Central Division. Played a lot of games, and he kind of brings that same thing as well. So this team can't discount the veteran presence, and it's a good mix of veteran and younger guys.
2: Now this this rivalry between the Fuel and the, the Wings has really kind of, uh, I feel like it's taken the next step over the last year or so. And when you're you're thinking of our Fuel fans, when you're thinking of kind of the natural rivalries that you're looking at your um, geographical, are the close teams geographically. So you got your Fort Waynes and your Cincinnati's. While they've been competitive with those teams, I feel like in the last year or so, Indy and Kalamazoo, had, every game against the two teams has been competitive. Then you throw in the game 72, basically your, your playoff game or play in game last year. And then this year, looking at the guys on the Wings roster, like you mentioned, Michael Neal, you got Jake Hildebrand, you got. Uh, Brandon Anselmininey at times this season there's a lot of familiar faces for for indie fans on this k-Wings lineup. so it just it seems to to help kind of just build that um that intrigue for for fans of both teams when when these two teams come together and there's definitely been no shortage of entertaining play between the two teams as well.
1: yeah, and I think anytime you get a series that comes down a season that comes down to one game like you mentioned, that's going to add to the rivalry between these teams forever um you know you've got a great building here to play in. everybody admits that it's a phenomenal place to play it's a fun place to play and that just kind of adds to the rivalry you know it's going to be a tough place you know the fans are going to be on top you and the guys enjoy coming into atmospheres like that to play
0: yeah you've got a pretty fun building to play in as well in in the wings event center a little bit different in that it's about the same size capacity wise but the fans are right on top of you, and it's kind of a low slung ceiling. And when that place is full, they can really rock, can't it?
1: Yeah, it's an it's an old school barn um, for sure. I mean, the last two games at Wings Event Center were sold out, and they were they were a blast. Um, it was standing room only crowds. Everyone right on top. The fans got right into it, and it makes it a fun place to play. Um, and you know, you were talking about the Central Division earlier. Every team in the Central Division is above five hundred at home. Yes. So these are all fun places to play. They're fun places to check out games. They're fun, fun games to be a part of.
0: I kind of describe your first year in Kalamazoo. You were in Norfolk the last couple of years. The opportunity to come back to the Midwest uh, to a, a place close to where you went to college at Adrian. And what it's been like for you to be a part of this team and this culture for this year?
1: It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think one of the big things that the K-Wings have is that 45-year culture. There's a strong hockey culture in Kalamazoo. It really is a hockey town. Um, and you've got a lot of alumni back in Kalamazoo. Guys come, guys stay around. So you have those alumni there, the guys that want to be a part of what's continuing to grow. So it's whether it's a guy in Kalamazoo like a George Gagno or a Kevin Shamhorn whose numbers are retired by the K-Wings, or a guy who was, you know, there for a part of the time, like a Tim Turner, it wasn't, you know, wasn't there for a long stretch, was there for a little bit. You have all these guys that want to be a part of it. All these guys that are around, and it makes it a lot of fun. And the fan support, you know, you got fans that are talking about. Well, I remember back in the nineteen eighty six season when this guy did this and this. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to hear the stories.
0: Now, talk a little bit about your journey and tell us about your journey because uh, you grew up in Nashville, right, listening to Pete Weber, but then. Uh, your uh your path took you through indy as well on your way to broadcasting pro hockey
1: yeah i i uh i grew up in nashville and right before high school I actually moved to anderson um so i spent my high school years in anderson went to anderson highland high school r.i.p no longer in existence and now a middle school but that's a s- another story for another day um and while i was there i played high school hockey for hamilton southeastern so i got up here knew i wanted to play hse was club it still is i believe um and that was the closest program to me, so that was kind of where I got shuttled off to. Um, spent four amazing years there, four great years there. Got to be a part of a great organization. Went from there to Adrian College. Kind of looped back to the Midwest. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to, you know, it's still a lot of fun to get to come back to Indy. Um, see some old high school teammates, some old buddies, an old high school coach of mine across the bench for the fuel there now. Um, but certainly a lot of fun.
0: Uh, you mentioned an old high school coach. Uh, what is it like to uh, to see somebody that you know and cross paths with now in this league?
1: Well, as I mean, as you guys know, Bernie is one of the one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. I have nothing but great things to say about Bernie, John. Um, you know, whether it was my my one year playing for him, my sophomore year of high school, or the years after that when he would help me with you know off ice things or on ice things. Um, he's just a, a top-notch human being, a great person, one of the best coaches I ever played for. Um, he he knows the game, he's genius, sees things develop, um, and he's a guy that players want to play for. I know when we were in high school, obviously it's a completely different world from the ECHL, but guys wanted to play for Bernie. We wanted to you know, be ready to be there, to be playing every day, and we wanted to get ready to go for Bernie John every day.
2: Now to cycle back uh, or backtrack a little bit, talking about how important the home ice advantage is, especially in this Central Division uh, race here. Now, you guys don't have any more home games left. You are currently are on a, I believe it's a, a
1: S- seven-game seven road trip, game road 10, trip to 10, end. Of the, Ten of the last 12 to end the season.
2: So nothing like uh, facing a little bit of a challenge there down the stretch, uh, holding on to the playoff spot. So what? just break that down a little bit. How... Um, team's played well on the road, but it's definitely a, a interesting spot to be in uh, down the stretch holding on to that fourth spot in the
1: yeah it cer- it certainly is um it brings a lot more challenges you know i think when you're at home you get kind of the it's it sounds like a no brainer but you get the the cur- the common you know the the joys of being at home you get your own bed you get home cooked meals you're not sitting on a bus till four a m every day um so i think you know i think those are obviously nice things but when you're on the road you get to bond with your teammates you have that time where you don't have anything to do but get together you know for instance today thursday the guys practiced and there's nothing on the team schedule the rest of the night so it's it's a chance to you know get some meals together hang out spend time together um but this team also has been this team has shown sparks playing really good hockey when they've been rolling so there's something to be said for you know when you're together you're together all the time. You hop off a bus and get ready to go, get the legs loosened up. When they get in the rhythm, this team is as good as really any team I've seen. I mean, they beat, we beat Cincinnati at home on a Sunday, coming back from a road game the night before, so kind of a 3-3. Three and three. But being on the road, traveling, these guys know how to take care of their bodies, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier with the veteran leadership. When you have a guy like a Ben Wilson or a Michael Neal or a Kyle Bushey, kind of leading the charge, making sure guys do everything they can.
0: So uh, looking ahead to uh, tomorrow night's game, this is obviously a pivotal game for playoff positioning. And for uh, Kalamazoo, two points would go a long way in kind of solidifying that fourth spot. An Indy win would basically scramble the eggs back up again. And do you notice a little bit of a different intensity, a different feeling, among the players, is this is really your last trip through the division before you head out west for a couple of games?
1: You know, I I don't think there's a different intensity. Um, This team has really been emphasizing that this is playoff hockey for the last month. So I think think they've just been kind of in that zone, in that playoff mood for so long that it's kind of hard. You know, yes, they know things are ramped up a little bit, um, but at the same time, they're you know, they're looking at it as as another test, and it's certainly been another fun test, and it will be.
0: And then we've mentioned some former players. Uh, What has it been like to watch Jake Hildebrand play? Because when he is on, and we've seen him here in Indy, he is as good of a goaltender as you'll find.
1: Yeah, Jake's been – Jake started off the year a little rough, um, but, you know, we got – Guys like Ivan Kulbikov came in, Matisse Kivlenix came in, and Jake just took his game to another level. You know, having a career year right now, 21 victories for the K Wings. And Jake's, you know, he's a great kid, fun guy to be around. Um, All our players like him. He's, I actually had him on color with me one game. That was a blast. Uh, But he's been fun to watch. He's a hard worker, comes to work every day with his head, you know, with his head on right, knows what he has to do, stays on late when he needs to. Um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to watch him continue to grow and to work with Joel Martin. That's been a huge thing, I think, that's helped Jake a lot is having a guy like Joel right there to kind of help guide him along the way because Jake's still a young professional. So there's been a lot that he could learn from Joel, whether it's in film or anywhere else, and it's been fun to watch him blossom.
0: And then you have a guy in, in Eric Catalyst that played his junior hockey here in Indy and has now cemented himself as a veteran. But what has been interesting to me is I've watched his – career over the last five years since the Fuel have been in the ECHL is he'll move from forward to defense back to playing center if need be he seems to be one of those Swiss Army knives that you need in this league to be successful that can really contribute to any position
1: I mean that's the best way to put it Eric Catalyst is a he's a you know he's a true Swiss Army knife um I think Gary Graham actually in Fort Wayne when talking um about Jamie Shaftsma going back and forth from Ford to D, compared him to to Eric Catalyst, saying, you know, we need an Eric Catalyst-like guy, and we think that he can be that. But Eric Catalyst, you know, he's one of the most skilled players on this lineup. He's one of the most skilled players on that roster, top to bottom, and he's been huge.
0: So looking ahead to the – or kind of looking back, uh, what's been uh, your favorite thing about being back in Michigan uh, and uh, being in Kalamazoo?
1: You know, I think it's just a, it's a top-notch organization. It's been, you know, Coach Bootland and Coach Martin have been phenomenal to work with. It's been a lot of fun. We have a great group of guys, and it's just it's been a good season to be a part of.
0: And, you know, how much fun is it to be? We've talked about, you mentioned every game is being treated as a playoff game. Those are words you hear a lot from Bernie John in the Fuel dressing room as well. What is it like to pull on the headset from your perspective, knowing how important every game is to the players but also to the people listening at home?
1: well, it, it as as I'm sure you know, it amps up the intensity of the Absolutely. broadcast. you know you you want to bring your best every night, but certainly when you're when you're in a game that's a do or die game, every play can be that much more intense, um can be that much more important. so you kind of have to toe that line. Between going over the top, um, but while still portraying the importance of every moment in a good spot, and it's it's fun to be around. You get to be with these guys, talk to the coaching staff, just makes it a lot more fun.
2: It definitely. Um, it feels like at times this season, I, I think it all goes down to just how tight this central division has been where you've been throwing around. I know in writing our, our game notes and our game previews, I feel like I've used the critical weekend series within the division at pretty much every weekend since November. Yeah, November, December. But this is where that that's definitely it is the case for the fuel. I, I mean, you have three games this week on home ice. Um, putting the numbers together, I think the tragic number for this team is at nine currently. So any any combination of fuel point or points lost by the fuel or gained yep. by the K-Wings has that's, to be under and That's nine. actually what
1: my math – my math had it at eight. Okay, so, so it might cause, be – Because I believe Kalamazoo has the tiebreaker.
2: So th- okay, that might have been where, where the mix-up is because I thought the tiebreaker ba- tie – it might go either way. Yeah,
1: um, but either way, nine is, yeah, nine so is, nine is certainly will be a tragic sure. number.
2: So, yeah, this if uh, I, the field definitely got a, uh, a courtesy from Fort Wayne last night taking down uh, the K-Wings. But, um, yeah, this is definitely a as much of a must-win game as you can have for this team. With um, You're looking ahead on the schedule. you got Cincinnati coming in on Saturday. That's never easy, especially after – India uh, handed or handed them a loss last weekend, so you know they're going to come out looking for to avenge that. And then um, they got two games to, with Fort Wayne still on the schedule, so um, really doesn't the stakes don't get much higher than they currently are for this team.
0: Yeah, tomorrow's game really a four point swing game, as you have, or Friday's game a four point swing game because you mentioned that number that magic number can go one way or the other it either stays at nine or it goes to five Mm -hmm. and uh, that really changes the complexion of the last week of the season for sure
2: so it's definitely um talking around the locker room to to coach john and the players uh they just like isaac said there's really not a change in in feeling around the place like everyone down there knows the importance of all these games they've been important for the last month or so it's just a matter of going out there and executing and and not changing things too much where you don't want to go out there and gripping the stick a little too tight worrying that every mistake you made make might be the end of your season but at the same time you just want to be relaxed and and knowing that um doing
0: everything you can to win absolutely it's playoff hockey basically yep and that's What makes it fun this time of year? And so anything else uh, you want to share with us uh, before we uh, send you back to uh, evening here in India? Yeah,
1: no, I got got a bus to catch to make sure I don't get left uh, left, uh off. left stranded here otherwise i might be sleeping in my booth no but it was uh yeah,
2: night in indianapolis uh, you got your dinner plans uh taken care of yet we can give a few uh recommendations if you're looking for them.
1: yeah i think we're uh, i'm not sure what the dinner plans are yet but we'll see no i uh, appreciate you guys having me on look forward to uh, seeing both of you tomorrow
0: all right sounds good isaac berkey the voice of the kalamazoo wings joining us on under the hood with the indy fuel And Brent, we have six games left in the season, four of them at home, including a big three and three. And obviously, it starts with that Friday night game against the Kalamazoo Wings. The Cincinnati Cyclones come in here Saturday night for Made in America night. And then on Sunday, a Kansas City Mavericks team that's very much in the same spot as the Fuel, they're battling for a playoff position in the Mountain Division as well. They're right there in a mix, much like the Fuel, where you've got a number of teams playing for a couple of spots, but it's playoff hockey, basically, and the one thing we've seen so far is the fans here in Indy have responded to that, and the Fuel have, too. Their last three games on home ice, a shutout of Toledo, an overtime victory over Fort Wayne that was probably not as close as the score indicated. The Fuel really dominated that game, but ran into a really hot goaltender in Alex Dubow from Fort Wayne, and then a victory over Cincinnati, which seven goals, the most scored in regulation against the Cyclones this year. Ryan Rupert had a hat trick. And anytime you can beat a team that is as strong as the Cyclones have been, that's a big thing. But also, you add to that the fact that the Fuel have beaten them four times now on home ice. No team has done that. Cincinnati has 12 regulation losses this season. Four of them are here against the Fuel on home ice. And I think that plays into how important home ice is and how important it's going to be this weekend with these three home games.
2: Yeah, and you're looking at the home records all, all season long. The Fuel have already set, that win Sunday against Cincinnati set a new uh, franchise record for most um, home victories in a single season. That was their 21st of the season. But this team is, for whatever reason, it has been a different team on home ice. And it they've just, no matter what's going on, it could be our We've seen it constantly, a tough game on the road, either on a Friday or a Saturday. They come back home the following day and completely turn the ship around and, and just come out with a, a complete and dominant performance. And uh, kind of saw that last week with um, not the worst game the team has played in Wheeling, but definitely not the result they're looking for. They follow that up with a, a strong 60-minute or 60 about 63-minute performance on Saturday against the Comets. And then... Um, a very, very strong outing on Sunday as well where you build that 7-2 lead, and that just goes to show that there is not there is no such thing as a safe league against this Cincinnati Cyclones team with uh, the Cyclones rattling off four goals there in the third period to make it a little dicey, but um, at the end of the day, you can't take away what the Fuel were able to do and looking at their last three home games, beating the top three teams in your division pretty handily.
0: Yeah, and you also look uh, this Fuel team Spring break night on Friday night uh, against the Kalamazoo Wings as the Fuel wear some tropical sweaters as well as, I don't know if you call them sweaters when they're tropical, but uh, tropical uniforms and really uh, trying to enjoy the fact that it's spring break. And then Saturday night, really special night, uh, number one, uh, Dave Christian. From the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, veteran of over 800 NHL games, a Stanley Cup finalist, somebody who has really made his name in the hockey world as well as his whole family. His father and uncle were gold medalists on the 1960 team as well. And so he'll be in attendance. And the Fuel also made a recent acquisition that also has a tie to that 1980 Olympic team as Jack Ramsey signed this week uh, from the University of Minnesota, an amateur tryout offer. And Jack's father, Mike, was also a part of that 1980 team and is a veteran of over a 1,000 NHL games and also coached for several years in the National Hockey League. So it's uh, a little bit of a gold medal uh, performance. We've had uh, members of the 1980 Olympic team uh, before, but it's really going to be special to have uh, Dave Christian as our special guest. And we anticipate Mr. Ramsey might be in the house as well. Yeah, you know,
2: it's, it could be his uh, son's first professional game. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, it's always it's always fun. I know uh, John Harrington was um, a special guest, I think, the first season um, or the inaugural season back in 2014-15. But, no, we're really excited. Um, that's one of those things where um, no matter what the age, hockey fans are just drawn to the Miracle on Ice and the 1980 Olympic team. And whenever you can get someone from that, that team to come out, it it definitely gets the people excited and to go back on on Friday's game there i can't think of a a more perfect minor league hockey scenario than this you have a game that has so much importance and playoff implications and must win game for both teams and uh there it happens to be spring break night and one of the teams is wearing basically Hawaiian uniform so it's just the perfect meld of of minor league hockey. So should be a lot of fun. Um, and then don't forget about Sunday afternoon. Um, we got another family fun day um, complete with a free post-game skate with the team after the game. So uh, bring the family, bring your skates. Um, or if you don't have skates, there's a free skate rental um, provided by the state fairgrounds um, at a first-come, first-served basis. So um, for all three of those games, grab your tickets uh, right now at uh, IndieFuelHockey.com or drop by the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office before the games.
0: Let's talk about this Fuel team just a little bit and how things are going right now. Number one, they're playing some really good hockey, two straight victories coming into the weekend. One big reason why Matthew Thompson, 14 points in the last 10 games, and then Ryan Rupert became the first Fuel player in the franchise's five-year history to cross the 60-point barrier last weekend when he tallied his 60th and 61st points as well as number 58 and 59 in that victory over Cincinnati. And those are a couple of guys that are playing really, really well. And then uh, we look at Travis Brown, still leads the league for uh, with power play goals by a defenseman as he has eight of his 14 goals have come on the power play. And Sam Tebow as well, plus nine the last 16 games. The last 11, plus five with no minus games. And you don't see that very often, but that just shows you Mid-season acquisitions here by uh, Coach Bernie John have really paid off, as those two have really become rocks on the fuel blue line. And then uh, Indy to this week as well, adding to their goaltending depth a little bit by uh, signing goaltender Chase Marchand from St. Francis Xavier University out in the Maritimes in Canada, and he is a, a two-time first-team All-Conference performer and was the national goaltender of the year last year. So certainly a quality goaltender joining the Fuel Stable and making this team uh, pretty strong for the stretch run, but also maybe a look ahead for the future as well.
2: And that's when across the league you see it with all the ATOs being signed and all the kids uh, finishing up with their college careers, um, signing pro contracts. It definitely is a little bit of a – it kind of serves two purposes. And you got – although you don't really see the black ace roster – as much in the ECHO with the roster cap as you do at higher levels, you're still looking for for more bodies if you can have them at practice because you want your workhorses, the guys who are going to get you into the playoffs, to have a little bit of rest. And that's where maybe bringing in Chase Marchand as a third goalie, one you're giving um, who undoubtedly is going to be your, your horse down the stretch, Matt Tompkins, a little more rest a little more opportunity to kind of manage his his repetitions in practice and two you're you're able to kind of get an advanced scouting uh, on some of these guys or um it might be talking to Rockford for a potential two-way contract idea you got um really players at all three positions forward, d and goalie that are coming in under either amateur deals or or newly signed contracts that you're you're Gauging your interest and seeing what kind of what they bring to the table, and if it's worth uh, being someone you're you're looking to in the off season to uh, to build for your team next year. And let's not forget, this is where Matthew Thompson came from. So he signed an ATO around this time last season, um, upgraded to a standard contract by the end of the year, and now he's the one of the or he's the fuel's leading rookie scorer. He's um, on an absolute tear right now, and he's one of the the most skilled players i think in this fuel roster
0: absolutely and he's really uh, stepped up one thing we talked about when quentin shore and kevin dufour were traded was bernie john said we have players who can score we have players who can step up it's now time for them to move into that role and do so and matthew thompson has really seized that and has essentially become a point to game player over the uh, last 15 or 20 games and That's uh, been a real key for this team as it's playing some really good hockey down the stretch. Also, a little bit of news out of the ECHL this week. On Monday, the league announced that it will implement video replay on goals next year. Put fixed cameras above the goals and allow the officials to review those to determine if the puck went in, first of all. have a couple of those every year where we're not 100% sure, and you've got to talk to the gold judge, and I will say we've got outstanding gold judges here in Indy, outstanding off-ice official crew. They really try to get the call right and pride themselves on doing so, but it provides a little bit of a backup because officials and uh, gold judges and whatever, there's a little bit of human error at times just because they're human. And so you provide that backup there. Whether or not the puck was kicked or batted in, and a couple of other scenarios as well, whether the puck crossed the line before time expired. And so it just provides a little bit more of a backstop for our officials just to make sure they get the call right, because that one goal can be critical in determining the outcome of a game, which could be critical in determining the outcome of whether or not a team makes the playoffs or where they finish in the division or a playoff series as uh, I think it's going to be uh, something really good for the ECHL going forward.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction and you're looking at um if you're looking at examples where a team would really kind of want that system implemented is I think you look back to the Kelly Cup Finals last season. I think game 7 between Florida and Colorado there was kind of one of those goals where it was kind of on the borderline and and where um everyone working the game, the refs, the office officials, the the goal judges, they're all doing the best they can to make that call right. But if they just had that extra um, extra camera angle from right above or that just that opportunity to kind of take another look at the play, you can be that much more sure of your, your final decision. So it's definitely an exciting step for the league to be able to you – I know they, they tr- did kind of a trial run this year, and I think there were four buildings through the league that um, had the – the replay system set up and a couple of them in the uh, central division with Kalamazoo and Toledo. Um, so I think the results have been uh, overwhelmingly positive there. And um, I think it's going to definitely be beneficial for the league moving forward to make sure these, um, the off ice and on ice crews can make the right call.
0: Well, speaking of we have the opportunity to speak with commissioner Ryan Creelan. He was in attendance at Sunday's game. So We weren't able to talk about this because it hadn't been announced yet, so the commissioner wasn't able to speak about replay until it was formally announced, but we were able to talk about a number of topics involving the fuel, involving the league, and things going forward. Here is that conversation. We are uh, happy to be joined by the ECHL commissioner, Ryan Creelan, and it's your first year as commissioner first of all congratulations on uh, becoming the commissioner of the ECHL but just talk about what your first year as the uh, the leader of this league has been like for you and uh, what the transition has been uh, like moving into the top spot yeah well it
3: certainly has been a transition I've been in the league for 13 years now so first year in this role but I've been around I know the faces and I know the places so it's been a lot as uh you know transition some of those old responsibilities and try and make my way around to the to the teams but in year 31 for for the echl another year of growth for us attendance is up looking strong on that front uh, we launched a couple different programs, uh, a continuation of our Marvel program, uh, the new Nickelodeon program, and then on the hockey side, some very competitive hockey. Uh, this division is as tight as tight can be. The North is the same way. And so here we are at the end of March, and it makes for uh, a lot of fan bases still engaged, and the games have been great.
0: Well, and we've seen here in Indy our attendance has been as good as it has been in five years, 5,000-plus now, six of the last nine games. And have we seen that league-wide? Just, is that really a case of good promotions and just a good product to sell to the fans?
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a combination of a lot of different things. I think focusing on our teams being a community asset and that hometown team, uh, certainly hometown hockey team in, in, in this market, and I think fans have embraced that. And then the on-ice product uh, from a hockey standpoint, has never been closer to the AHL and NHL in terms of you know narrowing that gap of, of play. So uh, our our game is very fast, very skilled, and similar to those other leagues. Now they're different. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the NHL should be different than the ECHL. Absolutely. We are a developmental league, but the on ice product is, is phenomenal, and then the off ice product is, is just as good in terms of you know that social atmosphere, getting getting out of the house, uh, getting with people. And, you know, we try, again, those those different things in community, like uh, from a league standpoint, uh, Marvel and Nickelodeon. But you guys have other theme nights here as well that get people who may not be hockey fans to come out and, and experience uh, the, the the atmosphere here just because it's it's something different.
0: And you mentioned the partnership with Marvel, the partnership with Nickelodeon. You're also the architect behind the blue goalposts, <laughs> which was <is> a previous <laughs> partnership as well in How important is it to bring those partners in with the league to not just partner with a team, but with all 27 franchises and help promote hockey?
3: Yeah, no, it's it's good for the league when we're able to do national uh, programs such as that. And, uh, you know, like Marvel and Nickelodeon, those are international entertainment brands and bring a lot of good exposure to the league. And it looks great on ice as well. So anytime we have the opportunity to do that, uh, I look forward to taking advantage of it. And from a league standpoint, that's part of our job. So we'll continue to work on similar vein programs uh, to, to keep it fresh and exciting for the fans each year.
0: Uh, you've got 27 really solid franchises in this league. and How important has that stability been to provide a foundation for future growth for the league?
3: Yeah, so that you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, if you look at minor league hockey the past, certainly it's changed the past five years, a ton in the past 10 years, and even more in the past 20 years. So one of my goals here is to focus on stability, and it, it's not easy. There's a lot of moving factors, but uh, you know we need to focus on our, our 27, help rise the, the tide of all ships, and, and build that base, and then we can look towards expansion and growth for the league from there.
0: Describe the relationship that the ECHL has with the National Hockey League and the American Hockey League. And obviously, we're seeing... Prospects develop here in the ECHL and then go on to star at the NHL level.
3: Yeah, so in our 31-year history, I think we've done a good job as positioning ourselves as that double-A hockey league in North America, and so I want to continue to build on that tradition, but quite honestly, grow it even stronger. And I think we're doing that. And uh, I, you know, I've been real happy too with uh, the NHL. Just maybe two, three weeks ago, they held a player safety summit. And they invited NHL, AHL, ECHL, but also the major junior leagues, USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, got all of hockey together in one room for the betterment and growth of the game. And so I think uh, events like that and that that concept of bringing everyone together is a huge step in the right direction, not only for our league, but for all of hockey.
0: And you uh, kind of look at the fact that we see the league, we see the franchises, what is the role of the league office in New Jersey, and your role in helping support these franchises and and provide a really good competitive hockey league?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I guess that's the role of a, a league anywhere in any right. a, any sport. But it's our job to to help uh, you know help the teams' business operations, help their hockey operations, put everyone on even playing field and uh, be there for support for expansion teams and helping to grow the leagues. Uh, when you go into a market, new ownership, new staff, we're there as that backbone and structure to help them get off the ground.
0: And one thing we've seen here in the last couple of years is an expansion, especially into the Northeast. We've got a new franchise in Maine, one in Newfoundland this year that has been very successful, and Worcester as well has really taken yeah. off. And you know, How important has that been to grow into a region that's very, very hockey-centric and expose them to the echl product and develop a new fan base yeah
3: it's uh so when i started 13 years ago we weren't really in the northeast at all and now we have a very solid footprint and uh you know maine and newfoundland have been very welcome additions to our our north division worcester last year as well those aren't new hockey markets they're traditional minor hockey league markets and it was just a great opportunity for us to get in there build our footprint and fan bases there and again it's i mean it's created our north division quite honestly
0: well what have been your impressions of this indie franchise you were here for the all-star game last year which was a great event but uh, seeing the growth of this franchise and how it has really become embedded as a part of this city in the last five
2: years yeah and,
3: and that's right in line with the echl model in terms of solidifying their commitment to this community and the fan base for the long term and being that community asset uh you know i was in the office when jim hallett first came to the league and was interested in putting a team here and uh they've done a lot of things right uh and have committed to this building to the community for the long term and so the the team's still in its infancy um but they've done a lot of great things and i only see bigger things coming i mean They've already held an all-star game, which is a feat in and of itself, and that that was a great time. The practice facility, all the different things they're doing around the community—it's, uh, you know, I, I look forward to watching this team continue to develop.
0: Uh, what are your goals, your your hopes for the future of the ECHL as it moves into its fourth decade?
3: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, from the hockey side, I, I think we touched on, it, yeah. Furthering that NHL-AHL uh, relationship uh, and being that developmental league for players, for ideas, maybe rules, concepts. Uh, we have a little bit more liberty uh, at the minor leagues where we can try different things and allow, hopefully, that to, if it works well, to develop onto the AHL and NHL. I mean, the shootout started in the ECHL a long time ago, and then that eventually worked its way up. And so uh, I want to continue to embrace that model and and see that develop on the hockey side and then on the business side again we talked about the community asset and the entertainment product just continue to push those initiatives to welcome new fans into the building so that even though they may not be hockey fans to start they come in for a different reason maybe it's marvel nickelodeon or just indie night here at the coliseum get the community together maybe they don't know what a blue line or a red line is but they learn it start to enjoy the atmosphere and learn the game and become hockey fans for the long term
0: I want to thank you for joining us here in our first intermission. Anything else you want to share with our fans?
3: Thanks for hosting the All-Star game last year and, and turning out for that. It was a great event. We had one of the best fan fests I've ever seen, and I've been around a long time. And uh, It was on NHL Network, so it gives us our league a lot of uh, good national exposure, and uh, let's keep it going.
0: And that's my conversation with ECHL Commissioner Ryan Creelan from Sunday as he stopped by during the first intermission of the game. And it's always good to have the uh, commissioner stop by and see what we're doing here. And he had a lot of really good things to say about Indy, about the passionate fan support, and as well about uh, the fact that in year four or five, we're hosting an all-star game and doing a uh, tremendous job with that very big undertaking and really trying to do things right here. And so... Year five is coming to the end of its regular season. We're hoping for the playoffs as well to follow that. But right now, it's been about as good of a sprint to the finish on the ice, but also off the ice as we've had in five years. We've had incredible crowds for really the entirety of the 2019 half of the season. It's been 5,000-plus almost every night and 6,000 plus on three different occasions. Yeah. It was second sellout of the season on uh, on
2: Saturday night with the game against Fort Wayne and, and what a couldn't imagine a better game, a more entertaining game for that kind of crowd with the overtime finish there. But no, the the fan support has been incredible all, all season long. Um, the fans are on pace to shatter the, the single season attendance record for this team. Um, and that's, you, you consider that kind of a front office accomplishment, but that's really, it's the fans that are, are setting those numbers. So um, it's really just a testament to to how much the city of Indianapolis has really embraced this team. And um, looking at this weekend with three games and then the, the fan appreciation night, regular season finale next Friday, um, definitely looking forward to seeing more of that same support. Um, Cause this is when you're looking for playoff style hockey, this it's basically win or, or have an early end of your season here for this team.
0: And you've got three this weekend. The Fuel taking on the Kalamazoo Wings, Friday night, 7.35 p.m. It's spring break night, presented by Ride Safe Indiana. On Saturday night, the Fuel take on the league-leading Cincinnati Cyclones, Maiden America Night, and presented by IBEW Local 481 and Bigwood Speedway. Dave Christian. NHL veteran, actually made his minor league debut in Indianapolis in his 14th year as a pro. In uh, 1993-94, he played a half a season for the Indianapolis Ice and uh, then finished up his career with the Minnesota Moose in the IHL after a very long NHL career in Winnipeg and uh, Philadelphia and Boston, as well as a handful of other places, the Blackhawks as well. And then on Sunday, the Kansas City Mavericks visit. It's the final non-division game of the year for the Fuel A 305 face-off. That'll be another family fun day presented by 101.9 K-Love. And then the Fuel will travel to Fort Wayne next Wednesday, host Fort Wayne next Friday for Fan Appreciation Night, and then they'll conclude the season at Wheeling on April 6th. And uh, then... Hopefully we'll be talking about the playoffs. Indy right now sitting four points back at Kalamazoo, and we can't stress enough how important that game against the K-Wings is tomorrow night or Friday night.
2: Yeah, and I think when you're looking at the the scope of this season for Indy, the biggest thing um, that I think you said it perfectly in our chat with Isaac, the field has been steady all season long where it's been – more or less, kind of hovering around that 500. You win a few, you lose a few. There was that one stretch in the, in the fall where it was basically alternating win loss, win loss for almost a, a full month and a half, where um, it's it's good that you the field never gone on those those sustained losing streaks that we saw or we've seen in the past. Where I think it was the the 16-17 season, there was one one extended losing streak that basically kind of submarine the entire season. The Fuel, I haven't had that going on. But at the same time, this team's longest winning streak is three games coming into uh, this weekend. And and for this team to make the playoffs, they need to go on a run here the last few weeks. They've gotten off to a great start with those two wins last weekend on home ice. And this is where the season-long five-game homestand comes at the perfect time. Because this team, for whatever reason, has been absolutely um, a force to be reckoned with in their own building. So if that two game winning streak can stretch to to five here this weekend, Indy's going to put themselves in a great position to um, with one weekend left in the season, have a great chance to, to sneak into that fourth spot, but it has to start with ultimately start with a win Friday against Kalamazoo. And then you go from there and the next game is the biggest game of the season. So it's definitely that cliche. It's, it's just your next game is your most important, and then you deal with that and you just go by a game-by-game basis. But um, it's meaningful hockey in March, and that's what, that's what you're looking for as a fan. That's what you want when you're a player. That's what you want to be doing.
0: So it will definitely be some fun times here. Well, we're looking forward to it. The Fuel Friday night against Kalamazoo, Saturday against Cincinnati, both 735 face-offs, Sunday at 3.05 p.m. against Kansas City. And then again on Friday, April 5th, at home against Fort Wayne for a 7.35 p.m. face-off. Four more guaranteed opportunities to see the fuel at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum this season. We hope to see you here for all four of those nights. And, of course, we'll also have the broadcast for you on echl.tv and indiefuelhockey.com slash radio you can get your tickets at IndyFuelHockey.com and the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office. Brent, any final thoughts? Uh, three big games. Like we said over and over again, three big games this weekend.
2: Uh, it's definitely going to be fun to watch and uh, looking forward to seeing the, the huge crowds
0: continue. Well, until then, we want to thank you for joining us on Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. Also, want to uh, thank Isaac Berkey of the Kalamazoo Wings and Commissioner Ryan Creelan as well for joining us. For Brent Hollerud, I am Andrew Smith. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.